Australia's number one mumcast is NHM I Got It From My Mama with Beck and Sarge. For the little unicorn, explore, play, discover, grow. NHM I Got It From My Mama. Grateful for some sunshine today, getting the washing done. Look, I know it's a man's job too, but I got it done. And I loved a meme that we had this week on the NHM Facebook, <laughs> Beck, and it was washing done one business day washing dry one to two business days and putting away clothes seven to ten business days <laughs> i like that because how hard is it to fold all those little tiny clothes and you do such a great job of it don't actually you? i iron it i oh, know <laughs> for those of you who aren't aware beck tansy irons underwear i do I do. It's one of her many Actually, amazing lately, skills. I've started to not iron the kids' underwear. Oh, a naughty I know. girl. See, I'm cutting back. You're a naughty girl. <laughs> We're talking about food. Uh, we know it's one of the biggest things um, with kids. Often I'll make my kids up to three meals a night because they won't eat it and then... Sometimes they don't even make the third and then I have to drink a whole bottle of wine. I blame them for that. Uh, My other child, Lillian, one of my children, who's one, is only eating steamed pork dumplings from Aldi and that's it. So we know that kids and food can be really hard and it can make mum life very stressful. Bex militant with her kids and her food (laughs) and she reckons it works, which I might have to try to be militant. So my children are relatively easy, but from very very young age we followed a very strict routine but i'm not saying by any means no we're not you're not every child definitely not (laughs) you can feed them peas peas from the floor like me look that that does not bother me but to be honest i do believe that it has helped us and our family by sitting in the same spot every night there's no toys there's no ipads there's no tv there's no um other devices or anything like that that can distract them from eating and we all sit as a family and they all get presented with a pretty balanced meal we do have our fun nights where we'll all sit and have pizza in front of a movie and things like that so we're not that militant that's like five out of seven nights for me (laughs) anyway and look i have no there's absolutely no judgment we have done what has worked for us and it does and then none of them are fussy and they all eat sometimes it takes a long time Mm. but they all eat their food and they eat everything on it you know what takes it a long time is uber eats sometimes i just (laughs) think oh my god where is that man when is he coming (laughs) see i need to move your life would be so much easier with uber eats my children even know uh when the man is coming they say the man is coming and they go up to the door and get the bag i'm not recommending that you do that (laughs) coming up next fussy kids and some strategies to help with food. NHM, I got it from my mama, would love your support. To help out, review us in your podcast app. Win incredible mama and family experiences at nhmnewcastlehuntermamas.com. We're super proud to be sponsored by the Little Unicorn Early Education Centres at Honeysuckle, Broadmeadow and Charlestown Square. They're locally owned and child focused and all of their educators are highly trained and love children. My kids go to the Little Unicorn Charlestown and I'm so happy with their development. Not only that, but all of the food is cooked uh, on site. Their menu varies from season to season and you don't even have to provide nappies the little unicorn does it all discover more the little explore play discover grow let's scroll together 
NHM Newcastle Hunter Mummers on Facebook and Instagram. Just talking about how we've got no wine in the house. So professional. With Emma Langham, director and clinical psychologist from the Jacaranda Centre, Cardiff. We are talking children and eating and creating a healthy relationship with food today. Hello, Emma. Hi there. How are you, lady? Tell us a little bit about what you deal with um, in regards to kids and their food. Because we all know it can be a really tricky one, right? Yes. Well, apart from my own child, who can be fussy sometimes. At work, I have a, a range of kids that I work with who are referred for restricted eating. So, um, and that can vary from kids who um, are just missing one whole food group or are so restricted with their food, families can't go out for a meal, which is a big impact, like as in anywhere, no meal. They have to try and pack their child's food. Can't have a holiday, can't go anywhere. I do know families that have taken whole suitcases of packaged foods overseas with them. Is that because of allergies or is that because of the child? No, no. Wow. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into is, why. It's interesting <laughs> you say this because wasn't there a time back where your children only ate food of a certain colour? <laughs> you don't have that. Someone well, else. Because I've got something yeah. with my one-year-old at the moment who's a uh-huh. little bit like that. She just asks for dumplings all the time, pork That's dumplings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She likes them. Yeah. yeah, and I have found myself giving in a lot of the time. But do you need to be careful with that sort of stuff? Like if you're oh. a really busy mum and they're asking for something all the time, you just go, here, have it. Oh, my God, I can do another email. I go, no, I'm a meal planner. <laughs> they don't get a choice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Well, so organised. Um, I'm at the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I am well done. 70 like packets that. of pork dumplings <laughs> yeah. to get me online order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I think at the age of one in particular, it's quite okay for to have fads on food. Like having fads on food is actually really typical and normal. Oh, okay. So how do you tell the difference? Yes. So the kids that I see usually meet the criteria for an actual diagnostic disorder, which is called ARFID or Avoidant Restricted Food Intake Disorder, which is kind of relatively new. It's only been around for a few years in terms of its diagnostic name. So look, those kids are usually so limited in the foods that they'll eat that they'll be failing to thrive. They won't be growing well or they'll have... stressful as a mum. Incredibly stressful. And I think that's one of the things talking about, you know, we've talked about mother's guilt guilt before, um, not being able to feed your child and watch them grow despite giving them whatever you can. Like I've had parents go out and put smorgasbord's in front of their children oh, to, to no outcome. Yeah, yeah, to kids to go to bed hungry, you know, for kids who won't eat. So I have all the time where I'll make one dinner and they won't get near it and then I'll make another one and they don't want it. And yeah. yeah, it is. And that's it, really, it really that's stresses a typical, you out. Yeah. It's really upsetting. So is it, does it get, because I mean, I, I, obviously my children don't have this disorder. Yep. I haven't had a great deal of trouble, but we're also a little bit military. We, <laughs> they're not allowed to leave the table until they finish their dinner and that's yes. every single thing. In saying that, you know, mothers who are listening whose children have got this disorder are probably going, yeah, easy for you to say because it yeah, doesn't exactly. work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What are they doing that's yeah. making them not yeah. eat? It's not usually from the parent, unless, unless yeah. it is from a parent who has a significant mental health condition or really restricted, limited eating themselves, which I don't think I've ever actually had a family referred to me where that has been the case. Um, sometimes parents have got their own kind of pickiness about food, but it's about actually something biological in, in the child yeah. usually. So a lot of the time they're kids with sensory defensiveness mm-hmm. or kids who are so averse to having certain textures or flavours or even the sight of food that it's like they develop a food phobia. So that's actually the way that I educate kids and families about it is to say, look, just like 
people, you know, have phobias of spiders or animals or flying or heights, you know, your child actually has a phobia of food. And so it's incredibly hard. So now some of these family or most of the families, if not all of the families I've ever worked with have been incredibly diligent and have tried so many things. And they've often been battling with this for years before I get to meet them. So I often meet kids when they're um, four or five or even up to 16. Pretty hard if they've been restricted and limited with their diet that long. So because of the sensory nature of food, and I think that's one of the things that we just, you know, us foodies, like I love food and it's really easy for me to eat food and it always has been. So until I actually went and got some learning in the area quite a few years ago at the recommendation of an an occupational therapy friend of mine, um, an OT specialised in sensory stuff. And I'd always wondered, why do all these kids I'm seeing with complex developmental problems or behavioural difficulties have this beige crunchy diet? What's that about? So I'd always kind of had it parked in my mind, like I want to know more about that one day. So I went and did some learning in the area and, and found out, you know, in the first five minutes, eating is one of, if not the most difficult thing that a human can do wow. because it integrates all of the different sensory elements. So, you know, like we're trying to integrate what the food looks like, how it smells, what it sounds like once it's either being brought to our mouth or once it's inside our mouth, what it tastes like, what it smells like. We're also trying to juggle our posture and our breathing at the same time. It uses all of the organs in our body. So there's a huge amount going on just to have one bite of food. What are the yeah. signs that mums can look for or parents? Um, well, I think, you know, like if you're having constant battles with your child to eat anything, if they are choosing to go to bed, hungry um, consistently so it's every now and again because they're having a tantrum you know that's just how it goes but like if they're consistently going to bed hungry or going to school hungry or not you're not able to fill them up with anything that you've got if they're having really big meltdowns when you present them with a new food or if they're sitting near someone else eating a food they don't eat um, they often refuse to sit anywhere near their family and their family's food. So they'll often retreat to their bedroom or the lounge room or somewhere like that and just go and eat in isolation. They often use TV and iPads or technology as a distraction so they don't even have to look at the food. So that's one of the first questions I ask is, how do they eat? Where do they go? What do they do? What does it look like? Um, I mean, those behaviours develop more in the kind of three to four plus year olds. But it's all of those kinds of things. And really, these families know they've got big issues because these kids just won't eat in public usually or they'll just have really big meltdowns around food. Sometimes it takes families a while to realise it's about the food. Um, If they're having big meltdowns in public, they might think it's to do with something else. Um, It's when they're having big meltdowns around dinner time at home um, consistently. And if they're dropping weight, obviously, that's a massive um, signal to go see the GP or see a a good paediatrician. What about on the lesser extent, something that's not... Yes. You're more every day. What is it? Arthur? Arthur, yeah. (laughs) Something that's not Arthur. Yes. What... What are some other things that parents do? Because I know I've heard you shouldn't be having the television on, and we don't, thank God, and you shouldn't. You should all be sitting at the table and things like that. So what are some yeah. sort of everyday yep. tips yes. that helps yep. us um, encourage healthy yeah, eating? The, yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think one of the things is to try and get kids involved with food. From even like really young ages, you can get kids um, in the kitchen. I mean, how many mums have often got them on their chest anyway yeah. while they're in the <laughs> yeah. kitchen cooking? But, you know, like once they get to toddlerhood, it's, you know, often easier for mums to go, look, I'm just going to set them up in the lounge yeah. room with toys and go yeah. and cook on my own. And it is easier and it's more safer often. Um, 
But, you know, like it's really good to get kids involved with food, even if it's just um, serving their own, you know, oats and milk in the morning. You can put oats in one bowl and a little bit of milk, like the the exact amount of milk you want them to have in a bigger bowl or a cup or something. So they feel like they're serving themselves and they're tipping it in the bowl and they feel really proud and they want to do it again. Um, And you could, you know, you could put some fruits on the table. You could put some other stuff there. So it kind of makes it exciting and interesting, almost like a science experiment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I get my kid in, uh, my son, he's four and a half, so I get him in the kitchen making jelly or yep. stirring things, um, you know, cracking the eggs. That's usually is a disaster, but he loves to try. <laughs> um, and I guess that's the other thing is, you know, you can't expect kids to get involved with cooking and it be perfect. No, you have yeah. to be able to tolerate them making mistakes and learning. Um, but, you know, like, even taking them shopping or if you can't take them shopping, get them to help unpack the groceries. Yeah. Um, or so they see the groceries what's on the iPad. Which we can collect. Well, sure. That would be the Beck and Mel way to do it. Yeah, well, me too sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. and and exactly. And that's where, you know, like, but it still gets delivered and you've still got to unpack it out of the bags or the crates. So, you know, if they see what's coming out of the crates or the bags and putting in the fridge or the cupboard, you can even have that discussion around, well, where does this go? Mm -hmm. Fridge, cupboard, why? You know, what colour is that? What shape Mm. is that? You know, like even just talking about food, not is is it tasty or is it yummy or yucky? Because that's where we tend to get really caught up in, do I like that or do I not like it? So not even it's about creating that. a real relationship or with it. Well, and, and just like seeing food for what it is. It's like, you know, um, a lot of families make the mistake of eating meals, as you said, back um, with the TV on or in the lounge room where they're not engaging with the food itself. You know, like I see a lot of adults or a lot of families tell me, oh, we never sit at the table or I don't even have a table. Or like in my house, my table's half my desk as well as my yeah. table. So I kind of have <laughs> yeah. to clear yeah. it off to eat there. Yeah. So we kind of have a rule that at least half our dinners have to be at the table in the yeah. week. Um, it used to be all of them. And we've <laughs> become yeah. pretty slack with that lately, but it seems to be working pretty well. And we make sure it is just focused on each other and the meal. And we talk about food so this is where parents will often talk about the day or talk about other things or topics or educate their children about other things how about educating them about the food right in front of them so oh my peas are a bit warm how are yours um oh my potatoes are squishy tonight um oh isn't that interesting how it changes when i mix it with the pumpkin or you know so you can actually talk about it and you know or who has um something green on their plate or i spy with my little eye you know like you can do all sorts of fun and playful interactive things around food um, and even helping kids um, pack the table or carry bowls of food to the table um, and pack away again. So even cleaning food up can be fun. Kids love throwing things in the bin, yeah. right? So that can be pretty <laughs> yeah, fun. My daughter has a thing with the, the dishwasher. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. That's great. <laughs> yeah, encourage that. Um, but like about a month ago, like my son actually um, said, I don't want to have, we just call it um, pasta and meat sauce, so spag bowl. And he was like, oh, I don't want to have that. You know, classic working mother's dinner, I think, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, like I don't have Really, I don't have no energy to fight this right now, but I'm not going to give him something else. So um, in the moment, I just thought, you know, being a psychologist, I should be able to problem solve these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put the pasta in a bowl and I put the meat sauce in a bowl and I put some parmesan in a bowl and I made it look a bit pretty and I just put it in the middle of the table and I went, it's serve yourself pasta night. <laughs> I didn't call it meat sauce and spaghetti. I didn't call it spag yeah. bowl. And he was like, oh, serve yourself pasta night. <laughs> and so he came over and he got into it and he had two bowlfuls. And I was like, oh, yes, we need spaghetti night <laughs> totally yeah well we have nacho bowls now like and it. like so and again like we put it all in the middle of the table yeah. and he puts you know all of the nacho ingredients yeah it's actually burritos technically but all of the ingredients and all the salads so he started eating lettuce that way it was one of the yeah. things he wouldn't eat That's and he cool. loves all the other stuff and he would just because he'd see us putting all of the ingredients yeah. in and he wanted one from every bowl wow. he just reached for the lettuce and put it in i remember yeah. probably six months ago the first time he did it i was like 
Okay. And I nearly <laughs> said, oh, but you don't like lettuce. And I was like, oh, stop. I have to catch yep. myself from saying that. And I thought I'd probably sit in his bowl and he probably won't eat it. He probably had, you know, two little strands of lettuce. Now he eats it all the time. Yeah, that's great. Oh, wow. um, that's great. So, you know, giving kids a bit of control or a little bit more... Um, ownership. Ownership, yeah, yeah, exactly, around the food and the choices. Yep. Um, but definitely getting him in the kitchen and helping him see what's in the fridge and what's in the cupboard helps a lot. Um, and I think that's where your yeah, families just kind of take food for granted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't talk about the food. They don't talk about they, what they're eating. Yeah. Um, so, and, uh, and I think for little kids, another thing is, you know, we have these myths around don't play with your food, yeah. eat with your mouth closed. Yeah. In fact, those two th- rules are really, really <laughs> un- unhelpful. The <laughs> they're really unhelpful for little kids, like oh. toddlers in the high chair. Got two of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, probably now that they're getting a bit older, okay. and particularly it's okay to have those rules when you okay. go out to restaurants and you There's have visitors. No, um, <laughs> no, stop playing with your food, chew with your mouth closed, stop farting at the table. Stop, <laughs> <laughs> stop, screaming, stop whistling. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. Mm. Sounds like fun so um so fun being mom yeah indeed and so with little toddlers this Pass is one of the line. things is yeah food <laughs> <laughs> so food is often put in front of toddlers and we walk away or we sit there and we're not eating at the same yeah. time or we're eating something else and so when kids are spe- especially are transitioning from purees or you know mushy veggies or whatever and fruits to solids um you know actually picking up solids and putting in your own mouth and kind of showing them un- 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 where you put it and how you crunch like i remember my son watching me and kind of going ah oh, that's how it's <laughs> done and then he'd pick one up and go un- 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 and put it in the same spot in his mouth and mimic me ah, yes, um and we yes. have these amazing things called mirror neurons i don't know if you guys have heard yeah. of those so they're actually parts of the brain or brain cells that are actually designed to literally mirror the other person. Wow. So if you're showing them what to do with food with your mouth open and show them where it goes and what it looks like, pretty gross. I do it in therapy all the time. Um, <laughs> There's a challenge for you, Vector. <laughs> <laughs> once this that. week, just once. <laughs> oh. um, but it does actually really help kids and it normalises that it's all right. And so if kids kind of put their fingers in food, like while you prefer them to eat it and you want them to lick it, look, if their fingers are in it and then they bring it to their mouth and they're smelling it, you're winning already. Oh, okay. Then if they smell it and then if they lick it or they wipe their ma- their face with it and they accidentally get some on their lip and then lick it off, again, you're kind of getting them closer and closer to eating that food. Of course, if they're picking up and chucking it across the floor, that's a different <laughs> issue. That's, that's not so do. helpful. Yeah, that's not playing with food. Um, but, yeah, so really just getting involved. That's I think that's the key. That's temperament. Mm. That's what that is. <laughs> love it. Emma Langham, Director and Clinical Psychologist from the Jacaranda Centre, Cardiff. Thank you so much. You're officially now a friend of the show. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> I got it from my mama with Beck and Sarge.